0: How's everyone doing tonight? You know, in two weeks from tonight will be our last Connect 301, and I know you guys are sad about that. <laughs> we have been on a journey going through Connect 301, a leadership track, talking about being Christ-like leaders, trying to achieve master-level leader-type uh, Uh, leadership abilities. We've talked about requirements for successful leaders. We've talked about being authentic versus synthetic. We've talked about our attitude. Everyone say attitude. Attitude. Our attitudes in leadership. We've talked about a renewed mind and a personal vision and faith goals. Tonight is the 13th week out of 15. And next week uh, uh, we're going to talk about barriers that will keep us, some things that will cause us to fail, and, uh, and that'll be a great lesson, but then the final week, and so in two weeks away, where there's no lesson, but it's a commissioning service, and we want you to come, and we're going to experience some worship like tonight, and we're going to not only do that, but then we're going to move into a time of praying for one another, asking God to just uh, anoint us, and we're going to Pray for impartation of God's Holy Spirit into your life, and uh, I'm excited about that. We want to make sure that you are making that a priority uh, in two weeks. All right, so tonight we've got uh, a task in front of us, Um, week 13, Connect 301, teaching to get results. But I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Uh, Some of you know what this verse is, Matthew 28, 19. It's the Great Commission. We'll talk about that. But listen to what it says. It says, therefore, go. This is Jesus talking. And he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them. Everyone say teaching. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And teaching them. And if we as master-level leaders, are going to take the Great Commission seriously, and we're going to go and teach. How many would say you want to teach and get some good results? You don't want to teach and get bad results. You want to get real results that make a difference in people's lives. I don't care who you're teaching, whether you're teaching little kids, uh, bigger kids, adult kids, (laughs) If you're teaching within a family, I don't care how you're teaching, there's lots of different methods to teaching, but I know this to be true. Teachers make an impact in the lives of their students, especially good, but good and bad make an impact. How many can, re- can think of your favorite teacher? Uh, can you think of your favorite teacher that you've ever had? kind of look back for some of us, maybe a ways back, and we're like, oh yeah, I remember Miss R, or I remember Mr. McPherson, or whatever, right? And we remember them because they imparted some things into us. They made an impact in our lives. So let's start off by talking about how To teach and why we teach. When we think about how to teach, there's two principles that are really important that really kind of help us to get going in the right direction. The first is that we, when we want to teach, no matter what we're teaching or who we're teaching, we got to depend on God. You have to rely on the Holy Spirit to help you teach. If it's just man's words, forget it, they're empty. But God's Word, spoken through you and through me, will make a difference. How do we do that? We also need to make sure we keep the message simple so that others can understand. How many know if you are talking to a a child, you need to talk to them in child a way that they can understand? You talk differently from an elementary student to a junior high student. How many are in high school here? You talk different to high schoolers than you do to junior high students. And it goes on and on, adults and different things. You talk in a way that can be understood. But the question is still out there, why do we teach? Why would we want to teach? If we're growing in our own way, why, do we, should, we treat, why should we teach? Because there's some results when we teach that are really important. The first one there is that when we teach, we will mature ourselves how many have ever taught a class or like studied to do a devotion to give or something like that how you get more out of it than the people that are hearing it receive and so the reason you should teach the reason you should give and fulfill the great commission is because it will help you mature you will receive more you'll learn better discernment and you will get a reward of seeing others change and grow Pastor P., one of the funnest things in ministry is to watch some of these students and some of these others to develop and to grow. I look at some of the students out here, and you gotta, God's hand is on you, and it's fun to see you grow. And that's the teacher's joy to see that happen. So not only do you mature, but you get to see others mature. And the bottom line, really, for us in Connect 301 and why we're here here is our encouragement for every single one of us to quit being a pew warmer. Now, I understand not all of you are pew warmers uh, as we sit right here, right? You guys are the, the exception, and I understand that. But Connect 301 is saying, okay, I'm going to move from you know, being sitting and always receiving to giving, to teaching, to making a difference. So tonight is all going to be focused on starting with and fulfilling that great commission in Matthew 28, uh, 20, uh, 18 through 20. We already read that. It's a great commission if you're filling in the blank. I don't want anyone that's really anal to be like, hey, I missed one. <laughs> but how do we teach for results? And there's 12 ways that we can do that. There's probably more than that, but we're going to look at 12 over the next 15 minutes. And I hope that these will be a blessing to you. The first one is in Mark chapter 9, verse 23. It says that everything is possible to him who believes. Everything is possible to him who believes. So, what that means is that you can do it. Some of you are saying, well, this teacher stuff, you know, leadership stuff is okay for others, but not for me. No, you can do it. And it's important that you don't think that you can. You know what Moses did when he was called? to go and free the people of Israel, he said to God, he said, God, I can't even talk. I can't even communicate. I stutter. But God says, no, Moses, you are the one I've called. And tonight, God is calling your name. Nate, you're the one I'm calling. Christine, you are the one. Bonnie, you're the one. Pete, you're the one. Joe, you're the one. and we are the ones that are called to do it. So the first thing, when you're teaching for results, you've got to believe in yourself. You got to say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The second thing when it comes to getting results is being guided by God in your teaching. Jeremiah chapter one verse 17, Jeremiah was called to go and to be a prophet at the age of 17. How many know he was called to go lead a nation, to go speak to the leaders? There was some fear in that. And you read that in that section of Jeremiah, and God says, Fear not. You are the one that I've called. I will guide you. I will lead you. Again, in John chapter 12, verse 49, it says that Jesus was guided by the Holy Spirit, by God himself. And we, if we're going to be effective, if we're going to get real results, we must be guided by God when we present, when we teach. We need a word for today, a prophetic word when we preach or when we teach or when, we, when we're sharing a testimony or when we're, when we're serving. God, he wants to use us in that way. And We've got to be led by God. The third thing is we need to always be helpful when we teach. I love Pastor Pete's message on Sunday. How many were here Sunday talking about positivity? Oh man, it was awesome. It was so good. And it's so important that we're positive and not negative. Because when we're when we're positive, we are going to be helpful. If you just show up and you're teaching and you're negative, 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 people are going to be walking away like Eeyore <laughs> and be like, oh, we're never going to go anywhere. You know, my my class at school, they'll never know Jesus or or uh You know, my coworkers at work, they're never going to turn their lives around. But no, we're going to help each other. We're going to help each other when we teach. We're going to keep it positive, and that's really, really important. So not only do you need to think, hey, I can do this. I'm guided by God. We want to bring something helpful. But number four is really important. How many have ever heard the, the phrase, study to show yourself approved? Approved workmen are not ashamed, right, that the Bible says. And that's what number four is all about, being prepared. Being prepared. First Timothy 1 Timothy seven says, know what you are talking about. <laughs> and we need to prepare. When you are called on to serve in a way, you need to be sharp. You need to put in the time to know what you're talking about. To get into God's Word and let God's Word talk to you first, then you communicate it to others. Preparation is a key to getting good results. Today, this is a new lesson for me to teach. I didn't realize that till today, otherwise I would have started last week and been looking at it. Um, I thought all of these lessons were redos that I'm just sharpening up on. And I didn't realize till actually till yesterday, and I'm like, oh no! <laughs> and uh, and I spent a lot of time today, hours on this 15 minute lesson, because I wanted to be prepared, and I wanted to give God's best, and for you guys to capture. You know, when it comes to tests at school, you can't just show up and say, God, help me with this test. Lord, reveal the answers to me. It's multiple choice. I'll just, I'll just. Uh, uh, you know cab c a b c a b all the way down the multiple choice no, you need to prepare and when you prepare God will remember bring those things back to you remember and see He doesn't just impart that into you okay so we're gonna prepare number five after you've prepared and while you're preparing really you need to pray 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 the result of prayer is competence Matthew six six and in Second Corinthians chapter three verse five. Our competence comes from God. As we spend time in God's presence, as we spend time on our knees, we will be effective. We will see great results. But I'm telling you, it's like a meter. The more time you can spend in prayer, the more time you can spend before the Lord preparing and praying, the more effective you will be. So students, if you've got an assignment at school uh, to share a testimony, maybe at a, at a Bible club or, uh, or something like that, and you prepare, you're given your time, and you, and you pray a little, I believe that you'll have a little success. But if you pray a lot, you'll have a lot of success. Same thing is true here in areas that you guys are serving and working and, or will be in the future. The more time you bathe it in prayer, the more effective you will be. How many say amen to that? All right, number six is to be enthused by your material. Romans twelve eleven says, never be lacking in zeal. If you show up and you've got something to say and you stand there like Eeyore, people are going to check out. It's hard enough even when you are excited. Sometimes people check out. Wake up, <laughs> right? And, uh, and so it's important that you come and that you, the material that you have, it will charge you up. If I just showed up uh, on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday morning and just real drab, I'm telling you, it's going to affect those that are listening. But you bring a little energy, a little zeal, and I believe God will help you to receive, uh, to, um, receive the results that, that are important. All right, number seven, a couple more here. We need to communicate in a way that people understand. We kind of already said that up top, the simple, uh, to be simple so that others can understand Uh, But people need to understand, if I'm a sports guy, and I love sports, and all I want to talk about is sports, but I'm speaking to a bunch of scientists that could care less about sports, and they don't even know what sports are, you know, Um, and I'm trying to use some sports analogy, how many know that's not going to be effective? You flip that around, and a scientist comes in, and all he's talking about is atoms and, and molecules, and you're talking to a sports team, it's like, I'm checking out, but you got to speak in a way that people understand. Dave Williams, he has a has a principle he calls it the SOB principle. I put his name on there so you didn't think it was my principle, but he says this, you say it simple, all right? Say it simple, say it often, and make it burn. Now you say what in the world is he talking about? And uh, he, 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 Dave Williams, he talks about this: giving clear expectations. Then, then they're understood. This is a story in Nehemiah. Ezra is reading the law to the people of Israel, and listen to what it says in Nehemiah chapter eight, verse eight. It says they read from the book of the law, making it clear and giving the meaning, so that the people could understand what it was being read. What was being read? Then Nehemiah, the governor, Ezra, the priest, and the scribe, and the Levites, who were instructing the people, said to all them, "'This day is sacred to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people have been weeping as they listened to the words of the law.'" Verse 10 says, "'Nehemiah said, "'Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some some to those who who have nothing prepared.'" This day is sacred to our God. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is our strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a sacred day. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away, and they ate and drank, and they sent portions of food to the celebrate and to, with great joy. Why? Because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Until they understood what was being said, they, mis- they misinterpreted it. And they couldn't celebrate. They couldn't be still. They couldn't uh, enjoy. They couldn't understand the joy of the Lord. And their clear expectations, though, will bring clarity. And so we've got to make sure people understand. Simple, say it simple, say it often, and say and make it burn. You get it in there. Until they understand it until you burn it on their hearts, and uh, that will lead to good results all right number eight, speak with authority, speak with authority when you are called to do something, don't stand up and say, "I think, I think, I think no." this is what God says. you speak with authority, you can bring it because it's god's word when you're teaching, especially in a uh, you know from god's from God's word. Speak with authority. Matthew 7 29, Jesus spoke with authority. And what happened? There are miracles that follow his ministry. And I believe as we speak with authority, God will bless that. Number nine, use repetition. Number nine, use repetition. Number nine, use repetition. Come on, say it with me. Number nine, use repetition. Number nine, use repetition. Come on, all together. Number nine, use repetition. Why do we need to hear it over and over and over? So it burns it in your mind. That's right. Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 2. I'm sorry, chapter 1. Listen to what it says. First, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, says this. So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you, have, you now have. Peter's talking to the church. They've heard it before, and he's saying, Look, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and firmly established in the truth. Verse 13 says, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. We need to be reminded and to hear it again. How many have heard a sermon on God's love before? We need to hear another one, don't we? (laughs) How many have heard a sermon on forgiveness? And maybe you forgave a little bit, but you know what? We need to hear another one (laughs) on forgiveness. And so on and so forth. Repetition. So you keep it simple and you repeat it over and over and over. Number ten is huge. Do not be afraid. And that can be tough. That can be tough. You stand before peers or you stand before a big crowd or even a small crowd, and some people get nervous, but have confidence. Trust God. He's got it in control. When he calls you to teach, when he said to go and make disciples and teach them, he will empower you to do that. There's no reason to fear. Fear is from the enemy. Number 11, use personal illustrations and testimonies. I love that. I love a uh, when I listen to different pastors preach or I read a different book here and there uh, about you know, God's Word or leadership, I love a personal testimony. It brings it home, doesn't it? It makes the person that's talking seem more real. It also makes it relate sometimes it clicks when you hear a a real life story a testimony and so use personal illustrations and testimonies and then number 12 don't talk too much don't talk too much (laughs) i hear that (coughs) in acts chapter 7 this is interesting this is kind of funny acts chapter 7 verse 1 through 60 Is a long, boring message that Stephen stood up before the Sanhedrin. He's the first martyr. He's the first one to give his life for for God. He stood up, and for 60 verses long, you can read it, and and it's just kind of a boring message. And what happened after he talked too long? They killed him. (laughs) So don't talk too long. Another example, uh, in. Uh, Jesus was, or not Jesus, but Paul was talking, and there was a young boy in, the, in the sitting in the window pane. Paul talked so long, he fell asleep. His name was Eutychus. Have you ever heard of Eutychus? He falls out of the windows and dies. So don't talk too long. Now Paul, he you know, had the power of God. He went down and touched him, and he got back up. But, uh, but don't talk too much. And you want to be the right amount of time But the key that I want you to walk away with tonight is that God, when He calls you, which He has, the Great Commission, He's called all of us. He's calling your name. Everyone turn to your neighbor and look at him and say, He's calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you. None of us are exempt. He's calling us to be master-level leaders. And He's calling us not only to go and make disciples, but how do you do that? We teach. We share God's Word. And I believe when we do that, we will see real results. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, praise the Lord.